Hello there. This is Pastors of the Roundtable, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. We are here today. Um, today is both a um, funeral day and a happy day. It's a funeral because we had to put a bullet into our past series. Um, we had to end it. We had to? Yeah, we had to. Yeah, I felt like it was not going anywhere. Too many complaints? No, I didn't know. I wasn't seeing complaints. It just didn't seem to have, uh, you know, the usual um, zip zip that we have. I mean, we just got swaddled by Tim. And so I just didn't feel like... It's going to seem odd because... <laughs> Whoever listens to this might not have listened to the last one. <laughs> yeah, listen to yesterday's midweek devotional. Yeah, and you'll get that. Um, so instead, we're going. It's the it's the new birth of a new series, um, and it's from a. I'm stealing this from a website called truthstory.org. Called they, Google. Called Google. <laughs> and but no, what they did is they put up they compile a list of the most searched theology questions on Google. Uh, One hundred and one of them. And so I thought it'd be interesting to look at these and because I'm sure if people generally have been searching these topics, then probably people in our church have similar questions or know people with similar questions um, about these topics. So um, today we're going to ask the first question, which is, what is love? Um, Tim, what is love? Do you have, uh, besides the song? God. God is love. Okay. <laughs> is that okay. the answer? That's the end of the podcast. That's the answer. Ding, ding, ding. Is that That's, the answer? Yeah, that is part of the answer. Um, part of it? Part of, no, that is the... Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. This, we, uh, I can't okay. wait to hear this episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's... Is this the, the zip you were looking for? This is the zip. Yeah, yeah. while Scott's on his phone, Tim's over here just... I'm researching. Listening to everything you What say. do you have to... You have to research what is love? No. I'm just, I'm, I'm interested in this list, and I'm oh. just curious. I mean, it just, just so you know. Okay, Scott's our stats the, guy. The question. All right. Go ahead. Please go, no, Scott. No, I'm I love the fact that you're the stats guy. Go ahead. No. Go, go ahead and go. The, this first question, what is love, which is interesting why they considered this a theological question as opposed to other questions, has over twice the number of monthly search volume is the second question and all the other questions in the list. Because the second question is, who is Jesus? Why did you tell him? It's yeah. supposed to be brand new. I know. Start over. No. Start go over. ahead. No, go ahead. So what? Like the second question, who is Jesus, got, this is monthly search volume, was 2,740,000 searches. But the question, what is love, got 780,000 so like over double, like almost three times as much, and um, that's a lot more. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, that's pretty big. huge. Di- like all of the other ones in the list do not have that big of a difference. Mm. Sure. So let me ask you this question, Scott: Why do you think that question, this question, is searched or the topic of love is googled so much? Because people have a hard time defining it. And they, and they want to experience it, and they're like, "What does it look like? What does love look like for me?" And so it's it's more it's very subjective, and I think it's objective as well. Yeah. What 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 answers do you think people 
are finding or would would what if you were to go up to the man on the street? <laughs> okay, I'm you can Scott, Scott's gonna Google it. <laughs> Do it. Go ahead and Google it. Okay. Well, we can. We've got other people who can contribute. Um, what what do you think people like the man on the street or the person in Meyer? If you were to walk up to them and say, "What is love?" How would they define it? I think they would probably talk mostly about a feeling or a state, uh, external thing, something that is done for them or to them that makes them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Very ambivalent or uh, not ambivalent, um, very um, uh, subjective in that sense, um, which is very much our culture. Like, you know, Scott mentioned last episode with postmodernism, very much a, a, a reality or a existential type of mm-hmm. idea. Right. Right. So love is um, something that I'm attracted. I'm attracted to something because I find it lovely or Mm -hmm. them lovely in some way or for some reason. Um, Love is often, yeah, like you said, equated with an emotion. But then also we use the phrases like you can fall into love. Mm -hmm. So in that idea, we're saying love is almost this this force that you can't control and it comes over you. And uh, overwhelms you to the point to where you almost become subject to the whims of whatever this love is. Um, yeah, Tim, any ideas? Of what the man on the street would think? Yeah, yeah. What people think in our culture or... Yeah, I'd probably say what Dave said with the feelings. I think some people, though, are just curious because love is such a hot topic. Love is love. You'll hear things like that. It's like, what does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Right. Food is food. But, I mean, they're using that to say, because for a long time, I mean, it's hard to get away from the sexual revolution. So love is wrapped in that, in the Mm -hmm. sexual revolution right now. Mm -hmm. And saying love is love means you can can love whatever, whoever. I think that's that's a helpful point because so often today we determine personal love is not exclusively, but in many ways, we identify that with sexual attraction. Is I, I, uh, I love this person because I am sexually attracted to them, of whatever you know, um, mm-hmm. what however that person you know quote identifies as. Um, yeah, that's definitely what that saying. Love I don't love think. Is, yeah, love. I don't know was so bound up to sexual attraction in the past as much as what it is today. Well, I mean, for I would I would say for most people in the world, they love more non-sexually than they do sexually. Even the most sexualized person mm-hmm. is going to love people, friends, coworkers, family. They would say that they love them, and I don't think they would be speaking sexually. Mm-hmm. But it's just what has drawn most of our attention mm-hmm. yeah. nowadays when trying to define the word. Uh, because there's, I'm sure there's, if we all thought about it, there's probably a lot of people that we would say we we love them. Mm-hmm. And we mean that maybe different in different ways in different times, but mm-hmm. there is love there. But like Scott said earlier, it is a hard word to define I mean, it's so hard that we've chosen to say love is love, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is, which is kind of idiotic uh, to say it that way. Like you said, food is food. What? A is A. <laughs> yeah. B yeah. is B. I, mean, I think so. probably what happens is a lot of times if you try to ask somebody to define love, they're not satisfied with their own definition of it. 
that maybe they see it as too if it if it does for them boil down to like a simple attraction to something or like of somebody or whatever it doesn't have to be sexual or whatever um they see that as is inherently shallow and they don't want that they want something deeper but they don't know exactly how to explain it i think but i think most people if they were asked to define love it probably would be um I think most definitions would include something that is outside of their control. I don't think that they would think that love is something that they have control over in that sense. I don't know. Yeah. I think a, a lot of the world still goes to the Bible for this in 1 Corinthians yeah. 13. Yeah. The love even non Christians would talk about that. You see it in weddings and stuff, even though that's not necessarily what that chapter is about. Uh, but they'll, they'll go to that to try to help to define what love looks like and what love can be, uh, which I guess is good that they mm-hmm. still think of the Bible in that way to go to it. But it's very common to hear that talked about even amongst non-Christians, you know, or yeah. to, be, to be quoted at least mm-hmm. uh, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. You hear that, right? <coughs> it, it's I, in, I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, go ahead, I was go ahead. Say, it's interesting, too, like going along with what you said, Tim, like even like millennials and this emerging generation, there does seem like there is, the, like you said, Scott, there does seem like there's this movement, at least to some degree, of of rethinking love in the sense of like, let's give ourselves to some cause. You know, millennials are very cause-oriented, you know, um, as far as like, let's, you know, do, do this justice cause or let's, let's sacrifice because there's something deeper than what we see on TikTok or what we see on Instagram or whatever from, you know, what, what Hollywood produces when it comes to love and they want to, uh, they want to embody that. Um, and there is that sense I see with the emerging generation of, of being more like sacrificial, being willing to, to live you know, not consumerist, consumeristically as much, and, and be more like let's give ourselves to something. So, which is interesting mm-hmm. in our in our recent days. I think since whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think I do think that um, one of the things that you see that has happened with love is um, we don't put there's there's almost like content doesn't matter. So, in other words, you can love whoever you want to love, however you want to love them. And so, in the past. The verb, if I was going to love you, there was an understanding of there's a right way to love people and a wrong way to love somebody, whether that's um, sexually or relationally, right? So there, there, was, there was a right way, there was a content to love. But love now has been filled with such um, simply uh, a positive feeling of attraction and affirmation of somebody else. The where, to where love today is stripped oftentimes of any kind of content. Because for us as Christians, for us, what does love look like? Love looks like the Ten Commandments. So I love my neighbor um, by um, respecting those in authority over me and taking care of those um, underneath me in various uh, social or economic spheres. Um, I... I'm faithful to my engagements, especially to marriage. I don't violate those contracts. I don't lie. I tell the truth and I pursue truth. That's what love looks like. Um, I don't steal. Rather, I guard and love my neighbor's property as if it were my own. And I don't desire what my neighbor has, but I'm, I protect it and I'm grateful for what I've been given and I'm, I'm content with the fact that uh, my neighbor has what he has. But oftentimes the way love is defined today is not according to the Ten Commandments. 
Um, that's, but that's what we think. Jesus said love or, um, Right, the, the on the the whole law is fulfilled in two commandments: love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the law is the Ten Commandments, and the law tells us what love looks like. But today, I think people have a struggle with what does love look like because they get to define whatever the content of that love looks like. Um, because they can break engagements anytime they want to, right? Because, for instance. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm married to somebody, well, I can divorce them because I no longer love them and I can love somebody else. But the Bible would say, nope, love looks like sticking it out. Even whenever you don't like that person at certain times, because there are times my wife and I don't like each other. You know, we have disagreements or whatever. That doesn't mean we've fallen out of love. Love is a, first of all, a commitment. It is a decision to seek the good of somebody else as defined by God's law and and his word. And so, well, oftentimes today we've got love that is stripped of any content, stripped of anything um, that is telling me what it looks like in action to love somebody else. And I think that we see that the chaos, the moral chaos at work is the word love no longer really means anything. Well, I think what happens is instead of having that content like what you were talking about, Love is more seen as something that happens to you. Yeah. As as like some like I said earlier, something that's completely out of your control. Right. Um and and therefore like you have to be governed by it instead of engaged in it. I don't sure. know if that makes sense. Sure. No, I'm just attracted to that person because I'm just attracted to them. I can't help it. Yeah, exactly. It it, it happened to me. Right, you right. Know? And um and there's a whole slew of, of movies and media sure. that that uh, generations have been fed that that's exactly how it's defined. It's right. something unexpected that happened to you. You're, you're a victim of, of it. You just had to, and it would be wrong to not follow it mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. And, um, but what you were talking about in terms of like love has certain actions that you're doing and things that you're doing right. in that is just very different than how I think people tend to think of love mm-hmm. today. Definitely. Uh, it can be understood why people would define love wrong, even according to the Bible, because like we said, people will take First Corinthians 13 and that'll be their definition of love. And when you read that, you can quickly realize, I think, I don't, I don't think I love anything according to this, right? Because yeah. at one point it says it never ends. Love is patient. Love is kind. And so you could easily start to think like, well, if this is how the Bible defines love, I don't, I don't know if I love my kids. I'm not. I'm not too patient with them or I'm not too kind to them at times. And so then I could see how you could talk yourself out of a relationship. Biblic, like you would call it biblically. You'd be like, well, why'd you guys get divorced? Because we obviously didn't love each other. According to what first Corinthians 13 says love is, uh, we weren't not, we were not doing that. Um, so we thought it'd be best to just separate. We obviously, again, don't love each other. That's a bad understanding of what that, chapter is saying and what love is what it's defining as love uh but i i definitely could see where people would come to that if they're searching on google what is love and it says first corinthians 13 they click on first corinthians 13 because they're like oh what does the bible say about this because i don't think anything bad about the bible god god's cool with me oh that's love (sighs) okay i can't do that i'm not sure then uh which is sad because, again, they're not understanding actually what that chapter, 
what that chapter says. And you start to see why it's so important to have a good biblical theology and a good understanding of Scripture when you're going to approach Scripture. Why it's not always good for people to handle, handle Scripture all the time because they're going to handle it poorly mm-hmm. and make it's going to lead to some bad decisions uh, or lack of understanding of, of a lot of things. We see this with all kinds of verses, but this is a this would be a hot one, right? That we see, like also like what uh, Philippians four. I can do all things through Christ. We hear that quoted all the time, uh, but we know that doesn't mean what they're sure. <laughs> what they're saying. Sure. And it's the same with love. And so, even a quick Google search, someone does the right thing, clicks on the Bible app, they read what love says on First Corinthians thirteen, but that could lead to some dangerous things because of a misunderstanding yeah. of what that is what right. that is teaching, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think here. I think of a, a couple of A's. Love is attraction. And then also, in our culture today, love is affirmation. Um, because one of the things about love today, I love you, and the way I show you I love you is I affirm your choices or I affirm your decisions. Yeah. And it's not simply what we would consider love to be uh, patient because there's nothing really to be patient with then. Because you should be, you have to be patient with somebody whenever you disagree with them. But I'm not a lot, but love today is supposed to affirm, not to disagree. Um, And so often today, um, love is also regarded as affirmation. So one of the things we see today, oftentimes, and this is where we can kind of transition into the Bible's understanding of love, love is separated from justice um, because there is. uh, because because love is uh, right because I I affirm your choices no matter what and if I tell you that you're wrong then I'm unloving I'm 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 actually hating your person I'm hating who you are um, that's the way so often in many instances love is is or love or disagreeing with somebody is understood um, but the Bible doesn't understand that way. Love doesn't throw out justice. It doesn't throw out righteousness. It embraces truth. Because, again, Roman, 1 Corinthians 13, love rejoices in the truth. Mm-hmm. People probably forget that verse, that part of the verse about love whenever they go there to 1 Corinthians 13. Um, because love doesn't rejoice in falsehood. Love pursues what is true, objectively true, and not what I feel is true. Um, it pursues objective truth um and so tim you were you were joking kind of and not but earlier whenever you said god is love but oh, i wasn't it. joking but you threw me down right away uh yeah which is interesting because of what you're about to say yeah because i'm gonna say god is love we all know i don't study and prepare for this and so i, right, didn't, right. I didn't know right. this was now, coming. is that is that a, i did not know this was coming right i said my answer you mocked me now, now tell us the title of the book that you're gonna quote god is love <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> that's interesting I didn't write the book. No, you didn't. No, somebody no. else did. Gerald Bray did. He's a he's a <laughs> British guy. He's an Anglican. Um, but uh, do they love do Anglican yeah. British people? Love oh, they do. <laughs> they do. Some of them love everybody. Love so, everything. Yeah, yes, that's love true. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, so Gerald Bray's good guy. We like him. Um, and so yeah, we got First John uh, chapter four, uh, verse. Uh, Eight, anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, um, 
this is a very helpful context to understand and to think about whenever the Bible defines love, it starts with God himself. Um, Gerald Bray writes this. He has his whole book is his whole systematic theology. He's got right about doctrine is called God is love. And so he talks about God's love in himself, God's love for his creation, uh, the rejection of God's love by angels and by human beings. He then talks about God so loved the world, talking about salvation, and then the consummation of God's love uh, leading to the fullness of that experience in in heaven um, and such. But he says this, he says, if the fundamental principle of our theology is that God is love, then we must start with the divine persons and not with the unity of God's being. The concept of love implies that there must be someone or something to be loved. Of course, it is possible to argue that even if God were a single person, he would still be self-aware and could love himself. But the biblical idea of love is something more than self-esteem. The love which the Bible speaks about is not a self-centered kind of preening in the mirror, but a concern for others. Now, that is a very helpful um passage i think about how we see love even within the trinity the three persons their love is manifested by loving each other not by loving like so the father's love is seen not in the fact that the father loves himself but that the father loves the son and Mm -hmm. loves the spirit the son's love is seen in the fact that he loves the father and loves the holy spirit and so on um so we see the fact that love is with even within God himself, is focused upon other persons, even within the three persons of the Trinity. That highlights that love is first and foremost um, not simply self-esteem, which I think we, we hear so often today talked about, you've got to love yourself. Well, but really the bigger thing that God's law commands you to do, actually the Bible, the commands in the, the Ten Commandments, which are the summary of what love looks like, you're never told to love yourself. You're told to love God, and you're told to love others, and that's what a fulfilling life actually looks like. Um, and it's interesting because it's like love your neighbor as yourself, because we naturally do right esteem ourselves. Yeah, you know, we take care of ourselves. At least we should. You know, we groom and bathe and all that, and that's kind of. But but Paul, what, or what Jesus is saying, or what the, you know, the law is saying is you you love others like you yourself mm-hmm. treat yourself. You I mean how you would want right. to be treated? So I think that's interesting. It kind of flips it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you view them, um, it's kind of like in marriage, we see this analogy that Paul uses in uh, Ephesians chapter five. He says, when the husband takes care of the wife, he's taking care of himself because she, in a, in a certain sense, because of their, their union, no one ever hated himself, but nourishes and cherishes. Right. Right. So he, when he looks at his wife, he, his wife is now inseparable from thinking about himself. Similarly, because we share one nature as human, even even at a human level, apart from even being believers, but humanity, we are to love each other because we see each we see ourselves in each other exactly. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Bray says this: the love of the Father for the Son and the corresponding love of the Son for His Father are best understood not as a conceptual act inside the mind of God but as the kind of self-sacrifice that characterizes the relationship of one person to another. And we see that here, that God showed his love. The love of God was made manifest. In other words, the love of God was made visible for us. We can see what it is. And it's interesting. It's not simply some kind of mental act. 
And it's not simply some kind of inner um, thing where the father just fell in love or the son just fell in love. And this is love that the God sent his son into the world. That is a self-sacrificial giving of the father, giving of his son, and then the son giving of himself in self-sacrifice for us and to do the will of the father. So love is demonstrated by sacrifice of ourselves. Uh, Jesus said, I came not to serve, but to, or not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom uh, for many. And so the, the greatest example of what what love looks like is seeking the good of another person, even at the cost of our own well-being. That is the greatest example we have in, in Jesus Christ. And I think that is what really encapsulates love for us as Christians. And what we see here, though, is that God's love then does not throw out justice because he says God sent his son what to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, the word propitiation automatically has the idea that God is wrathful towards us because a propitiation is that the propitiation Jesus as the sacrifice assumes and takes on all of the wrath that is due to us and turns that wrath away to bring us into a state of blessing. Um, so that now, whereas before God's wrath was directed towards us, now we receive his blessing because Jesus Christ has turned that wrath away and we now receive God's, God's love in him. So it doesn't, God's love doesn't negate justice. It doesn't negate even his righteous wrath. It rather deals with that in a holy way in order to continue to show us um, such, such great love. And so every single sin we commit, um, as Gerald Bray here, he points out, rebellion against God is the rejection of his love. And so we want to tell the world, um, you know, so for instance, whenever um, people, particularly unbelievers, but there are people within the church who don't, who are uncomfortable and don't like the Christian call to repentance um, because of God's wrath towards sin, or at least certain types of sins, um, because they say that's unloving. But actually, the biblical orientation of all of this is, no, that sin is a rejection of true love. You have rejected love. You don't actually love love. You love to hate, and you love sin, because to the extent that every single one of us have rebelled against him, we have rejected God's love. And I think that's an important thing to to bring to the world, that actually um, the Bible is very pro-love um, from from the biblical perspective um, and, and everything like that. I've been talking for a while. Any comments, Tim? You look like you're about to fall asleep. No, I'm not. You did well. I'm trying not to sweat. It's so hot in here. <laughs> I'm trying not to sweat. Scott didn't spill, spill anything on his shirt today. That's good. Good job, Scott. Not today. Not today. Not today. Okay. Well, I'm going to close with one more quote then, and then we can close uh, this podcast it's down. Be like the shortest episode ever. Close in love. Yeah, close in love. So this is a beautiful quote from, from Gerald Bray. He says, God is love. Everything we know about him teaches us that, and every encounter we have with him expresses it. God's love for us is deep and all-embracing, but it is not the warm-hearted sentimentality that often goes by the name of love today. 
The love of God has the love God has for us is like the love of a shepherd for his sheep, as the Bible often reminds us. Sometimes the shepherd can guide his sheep simply by speaking to them, and ideally, that is all that should be needed. But sheep are often slow to respond, and then the shepherd has to nudge them along with his staff. Sometimes he has to grapple with them forcibly and insist that they follow him when they would rather go their own erratic way. But however hard it is for the shepherd to keep his flocks in order, he never abandons them. As the psalmist put it, you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff are the shepherd's instruments of discipline. The sheep may resent them and try to resist their force, but they know that in the end, they must go where their shepherd is leading them. As Jesus said, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He is the good shepherd who loved his sheep so much that he gave his life for them. However, many have gone astray. We have his assurance that not one of them will be lost. And that really encapsulates for us what the love of God is. He's the shepherd seeking the sheep, us, those who've gone astray. And so he seeks us not by saying that we haven't gone astray, he comes and brings us a bit back from the way we've gone astray to bring us back on the right path to be with him because he knows that going astray, and if he was simply to affirm us in our going astray, we would get destroyed by the wolves. But he brings us back to himself mm-hmm. because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And that is the biblical concept yeah. of love, I think. Because we easily deviate, as yeah. we heard yeah. that word. Earlier, mm-hmm. yeah, in our first podcast where Tim gently reminded us yes. of that truth. He didn't deviate uh, from that no, truth. He, he stayed right with it. He did not. Swaddled us. In I feel swaddled right swaddled now in this hot room. <laughs> this is a hot room. This is a hot room. I feel kind of swaddled. <laughs> so <laughs> that's going to be a new thing. Uh, yeah, it is. You're you're gonna, gonna gonna be, that's going to be a great one. We should get some merchandise with Pastor Tim swaddling. You're all about merch. <laughs> you're going to milk that. You're hey, going to pacify tell you that. What, you're yeah. gonna, what other words hey. can we use for infancy? <laughs> Listen, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, th- there's. I ha- I did get it. I did get a request that somebody else. Well, as our buddy Brian, one of his friends, would like one of the hats we have. We got for the men's conference, Ooh. and I don't know that we have any more. So, it's a hot item. If the demand was great enough, I could reorder those. Um, you might get somebody. You would know. What you would know if we have more. It was your thing. I don't think we do. I'm sure some of them. I sell it for double. That? Yeah, where'd the extras go? I think they were all in the back room over there. Oh, okay. I thought so. I thought you sold them for double. No, I didn't sell them at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, as, as extra cash, pocketing it. <laughs> no. They were hot item, though, man. No, they were. I mean, yeah. They're the cool hats, man. I, A lot of youth wanted them. They, thank they you. Asked, they asked See? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were bussing. Bussing. Mm-hmm. I even had Courtney put that in Sam's card for his graduation. Wow. I said, yeah. I, I thought about, yeah, you know, you're a bus. This is a bussing party. Did Winston side the card? No, he didn't, he didn't put his little he paw. He didn't have him put like a little poopy paw print. No. Poopy paw print. That's disgusting. <laughs> poopy paw. I might have Winston do Christmas cards for each of you with a little paw on it. You know, with a, little... a cologne scented paw print. Oh, yeah, yes. cologne. His cologne. I can smell his little cologne. All right, let's play the go away music. And thanks for listening. 